0: The opinions expressed on The Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.
1: Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are The Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about.
2: If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between. Good morning everybody. It is go time again and Sam and Kristen are back and we are so excited for our show today. This has been a topic that has been asked for and asked for from our listeners and guess what? We listened and we are bringing it to you. Today's episode is about grandparents' rights. Raise your hand if you're excited. We are. All right, and today we are bringing back the top gun of family law, managing partner and certified specialist of family law, Dane Holstrom. And what makes Dane special, as you guys all know, is he is my dad. He is also a father of my three siblings. He is a grandfather and a great one at that. But even more exciting is Dane has a new podcast that is coming out soon, very soon, and it's going to be streaming on all platforms. So stay tuned for that. So before we get into grandparents' rights and asking Dane all
1: he knows, we want to do a little segment that you guys might know about by now. It is a review of the week. So we talk about our highs and our lows. So Dane, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let us know what your high and your low is for the week.
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, high. Um, that was actually a pretty cool one. I, it was, I, I get hundreds and hundreds of emails a day, and I open up an email, and it was just a notice from a, from a particular platform online that said that I had a recent review. And, and I looked at it, and even though they credited the review to me, which was cool, and the client was very, 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 very happy, what was really cool about it to me was that was that particular case was such a team effort, and so many people worked on it, and so many people did a good job and got a great result for the client. That was my high, absolutely my high.
1: What about your low?
0: <laughs> a little more somber. I mean, we're going through a lot of stuff, um, obviously with COVID and everything right now, and uh, one of our very, very long-time, very dear employees is really struggling with some of the effects of COVID, and 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 talking to her about her struggles was was probably my low point for her so
2: and that's something that's affecting everybody and we talk a lot about it on our show and i i mean i think sam and i have shared a a month couple months back in our previous episodes that that's something that we've been struggling with too so sam now it's your turn what what was a high for you i'm on the spot uh i think kristen and i probably
1: share our high of the last week we had a great win In court, a lot of hard work went into it, and we got the absolute result not just that we wanted for our client, but that we needed. So that was really a lot of hard work in, and that was great.
2: That was months and months of preparation, and probably, you know, six, seven people working on that.
1: Yeah, not a lot of sleep. Um, My low. They were out of Chompy's bread. I love, yeah, I do something called toast time at the office. Um, I eat a lot of toast, but no, my my low for uh, my low for the week would probably be locking myself out of my house again. I just I can't learn. I don't know why I can't learn. I think it goes back to the I'm so focused on work that I'm very aloof in the rest of my life, but I keep locking myself out of my house and now I've become this very skilled uh I don't know I can break and enter pretty pretty good now so um but it you know it puts me back so if I'm late to work it's because I locked myself out again and this week I locked myself out with my dog without a leash and it was a mess but I I got in
2: if I I could tell you guys how many texts I get from Sam you know at (laughs) all hours usually in the morning and it'll read something like I locked my keys in the car and locked them in the garage, and I have no phone, and I'm locked out. And I'm thinking like, how did you actually do that? Um, Tom, again, and I
1: can't, I just can't figure it yeah, out. Yeah, it's
2: kind of like missing the same exit, you know, when you're going to work repeatedly. Sam yeah. does that with her car keys quite often. <laughs> All right, Kristen, what about you? Uh, you know, to be honest, I think there were more lows in the last week than highs. But uh, there's always a few highs. But yes, a high that we had was the the great win, and this was a true. Um, it was a you know kind of a case that Sam and I have been on together for a while, and it was really really good and the outcome was so great for our client. She got sleep, she got peace, she got to be back with her kids and it was just great because I know it was a really hard last few months of the year and holidays for her. And simultaneously that same day we had gotten, similar to Dane just talked about, a review from a client and this client does it religiously and she just takes the time out of her day to say thank you. And I think the highest part of my week is on a case that Sam and I have had for years. I'm not gonna say how many, but a very long time. And it's kind of like you find that little missing puzzle piece in an issue that you've been working on for forever. And it's not even something that's just handed to you. You literally just read it and you're like, the light bulb goes off it's like this. It's a ha moment. Like they say in law school. And it was like, aha, I think I might've got something here. So that was a high moment.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that was great.
2: <laughs> and a low moment, you know, probably just not getting enough sleep, you know?
1: Yeah, all right. So let's move on um, to our next game. And I think we're going to go back to putting Dane on the spot today. We're going to ask Dane a couple of true or false questions. Um, and I'm going, to, I'm going to ask the first one. I'll let Kristen handle the second one. But I'm going to ask the first one. So, Dane, true or false? Some people use fake names when checking into a hotel. New Hampshire is one of the states where it is legal. True or false?
0: Okay. So let me give this some thought. New Hampshire. Okay. Do you happen to know what the state motto is for New Hampshire?
1: I don't, Dane, but I'm sure you do.
0: <laughs> it is live free. Yeah, they're actually interviewing me for the new Jeopardy! spot. Okay. <laughs> uh, it is live free or die. Okay. Now, that tells me, yeah, it's got to be expressly okay in New Hampshire to lie on a hotel registry.
1: So it's false.
0: I guess it's the oh or die gosh. part then. It, okay, all it, right.
1: Dane actually got a true and false wrong? I know we gotta we gotta hold on to this moment. <laughs>
0: okay, I, I gotta I gotta do my Jeopardy know, yeah, before this thing I, I, I
2: know that Dave's gonna Google this before we even get out of here and find some other website that says it's okay. I know a week from now. <laughs> there you oh, go. A week from now that was wrong.
0: <laughs>
2: Footnote thirteen on page five of Wikipedia says. Footnote
0: seven, that's yeah. right. Okay.
2: All right. And, and the reason we do this, guys, is we're change, you know, we change it up from the TMI, but this is just a way to actually get to know us more and see us banter and our humor and you know sam's usually much better at these true and false than i am so no, you're you're handing this one to dane Kristen. i'm handing this one to Dane. Yeah, all right we're, dane, we're just gonna keep Dane, you are on up again considering your last name is the same as mine do not let me down uh-oh bingo games cannot last more than five hours in north carolina true or false
0: okay <laughs> i i i don't know that i've maybe attended a bingo game once in my life um I don't know how it could last five hours. I truly just don't know how.
2: (laughs) Have you ever been to a bingo game?
0: Yeah, we played bingo when we were kids. I'm sorry, I'm dating myself. But you had a little ball and you rolled it around and everything and it came up and and the, the thing is, you've got five squares by five. That's 25 freaking squares. I'm going, how do you take five hours on this thing? Okay, so yes, I believe that that's true.
2: You're lucky, I thought you were going for the wrong answer, but you're right. It is true, bingo games cannot last more than five hours in North Carolina
0: even in North Carolina. Oops.
2: All right, so I am keeping score.
1: Dane is down one, up one. And we have one more question for the tiebreaker. Um, Adultery is still a crime in New York, true or false?
0: Can it be illegal and mandatory at the same time? I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) That went way over my head.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Um, There are a lot of states that have obscure laws that are still there. And I'm trying to think, for instance, from family law, whether or not New York is still a fault state, I don't believe so. Given they're like an ultra blue like California, I gotta believe that that's false.
1: You're wrong, Dane. Adultery is a crime in New York.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, you know, he's gonna want us to redo that question.
0: Okay, okay. First off, do we want to get into the constitutionality of that provision? No, I don't think we do. But okay, all right.
1: All right. Well, uh, yeah. There's very little that Dane uh,
2: doesn't know. So that that was. Fine. You just
0: discovered everything. Dane doesn't <laughs> was, know right there. That
2: was it. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny. If we were asking him every footnote of the family code, he would know 14 subsections under you know subdivision G. Yeah,
1: Dane knows everything. So this took a lot of research for us to find those questions, and uh, I, I'm glad we did. Uh, That was fun. Okay, so now I think it's time for us to do our segment, Divorce Wars.
2: It's a fictional story where our producers come up with a tale of divorce wars. And you know what? Just when Sam and I have thought we've heard everything, it gets a little bit crazier every week. So this is meant to be something fun for us to analyze and issue spot for things that you guys might be going through at home, but take it with a grain of salt and enjoy the story because this is actually what we do for a living. All right, let's hear it.
3: This is Divorce Wars. I think I will win this one, except I was the one who got screwed. My ex and I had separated, and about three months later, I was in a serious accident on a Sunday night. Doctors said I would not live, so my ex, who was still listed as power of attorney, went on a spending spree. 9am Monday, she bought a new car in my name. By now, I was placed in a coma. By day 4 of the coma, she bought a timeshare condo, a car, big screen TVs, taken out bank loans and opened up credit cards. By the time I recovered, she had racked up $429,000 worth of debt in my name. A year later, the divorce started, and the judge ordered credit reports, and this was all found. Long story short, I still had to give her a truckload of money, but she got handed the debt. She filed bankruptcy and only spent six weeks in jail
2: all right so there are a ton of issues and i don't think we have time for all of them in that but let's start with just going through a really brief description of you know community property versus separate property so when a court is going
1: through and dividing property the first step would be to characterize it there's separate property and there's community property in california Um, Separate property is generally defined as property acquired before marriage or after the date of separation or by gift or bequest or inheritance. Uh, And community property is anything that you acquire during marriage from the time that you're married until the time that you're separated.
2: Yeah, and depending on when the property is acquired and the source that it was acquired with uh, will depend on whether it's community or separate. And if you're if you have a question Or if it was purchased with separate property funds and then it was commingled, which is mixed together with community property, then you should probably be calling an attorney. But another issue that I heard in that uh, fact pattern that was just given to us is something that's coming up a lot right now. And that's what do you do or, or Dane, what happens when you are still legally married and you may be separated, there may be a petition filed, but you have not changed your power of attorney or appointment for medical decisions?
0: absolutely You're, that's a huge point that's exactly what i was thinking chris in the point that you raised which is hey you've separated but you've still got this legal document a power of attorney for instance or a advanced health care directive in california that provides medical care instructions for you and it says hey if i can't speak for myself let this person speak and this comes up a lot when we're doing uh intakes with new potential clients and they come in and i'll use whatever husband wife role that comes in and says I say, do you have a living trust? And they say, yeah, I do. And I say, who gets everything under your trust if you die? And they go, oh, my goodness, my soon-to-be ex-spouse. And do you have an advanced health care directive or a power attorney? Yes. And who has control over all of your assets? Oh, my god, my soon-to-be ex-spouse. And so it raises a real red flag because there's all kinds of restrictions in California law about what you can do once the divorce has started. And so sometimes some of the divorce planning is, hey, get rid of those things before you start the divorce and or replace them with what you want to see now. Sometimes in an amicable divorce, it's not a big deal, people handle it. Uh, it Becomes a deal when somebody goes through a traumatic event like a car accident or their, their life is actually at risk.
2: One thing real quick, Sam, is it, in light of COVID, in light of this pandemic that we are going through, you know, one thing that I've kind of I've learned is you can't plan for everything. And I have had a lot of conversations with people where, you know, divorces are taking significantly longer than they were three, three, four years ago, the average divorce, I would say, is a minimum of a year, if not two. So if you haven't taken steps to protect yourself, you know, financially and personally, or to change policies, and there are rules on that once the divorce has started, or change your medical directive, you are asking someone you may have been separated with for a year, two, three, to make medical decisions for you. Yeah, and I think that brings up a really good point. If your attorney
1: isn't giving you advice regarding these kind of ancillary issues, you probably need a new one. But really, I, I think this fact pattern to me illustrates that facts that may not seem to have a direct effect on your family law case actually do. We normally don't think of you know, going to the hospital as having a direct effect on your family law case, and it does.
0: I had a point I want to add to you, the point, what you just said, and it's true. The fact pattern that we were describing says she was in a car accident or she was in a car accident and came out. One of the cool things that's very important for an attorney to tell a client is, hey, what is the date of separation that Kristen was talking about? And that's this. What happens if the person comes out of the coma, they try to reconcile, and they work on their marriage? Guess what? You just effectively ratified all of those transactions because during the marriage, each spouse has equal management and control of all the stuff. So yeah. they can go out and buy stuff and, and, and have it. In theory, there's other exceptions. I'm not making a, a too global of a rule. But if you break up and then get back together, your date of separation hasn't happened until you break up again.
2: So it's the last date of separation. Exactly. And last thing is there can be some potential criminal consequences to your actions even when you're going through a family law case. There's a lot of crossover issues. And um, yeah, domestic violence is one of them. We've touched on that briefly. But your actions can get you uh, arrested and prosecuted as well.
0: We hope you live happily ever after divorce.
2: Ain't that the truth. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens,
1: and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772.
2: All right, let's move on to our issue of the day. And again, I couldn't be more excited. We've been putting this show together for months after seeing how many people have been calling in, grandparents calling uh, you know, a couple times a week trying to find out what their rights are, how do they get visitation, if at all, and what is the process? And I think there's no one better that I know of to address this very complicated issue uh, as it has some crossovers with other areas of law. So Dane, let's have you take it away.
0: Okay, grandparents' rights. Well, the first thing that's very important for me as an attorney is to always really tell the clients what they need to hear and not what they wanna hear. And the first thing somebody coming in and calling us about grandparents' rights needs to hear is there's no such thing. Let me be clear. I am not trying to dissuade grandparents from perpetuating and fostering a relationship with their grandchildren. I simply am helping all grandparents and parents understand the respective roles that the courts and the law assign to this. And what it's based upon is what is in the best interest of the child. And that's the number one thing courts look at when they're trying to figure out, should we allow any third party to visit, even a parent, not a third party, but a parent. What schedule do we use? Is it based upon father's rights, mother's rights? No. It's based upon the best interests of the children, and that's what we're talking about. So, grandparents, same thing, but there's another issue that's thrown in there, and that is, wait a second, don't the parents have a right to say no? Or yes, but under these circumstances? And the short answer is yes. Um, and and I won't get too heavily legal into it, but unusually for a family law issue, this issue got to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, in 2000, there was a case called Troxel, and it was a huge issue. Why? Because the state of Washington said that grandparents have an absolute right to visitation and even over the objection of parents they can do it. The United States Supreme Court said no. Under the Due Process Clause of the United States Constitution that invades a liberty interest of a parent to decide what's best for their children, who do they see and when do they see them. That was a pretty profound effect on family law across the country.
1: So parents have a presumptive right to the care custody and control of their children.
0: Absolutely, and that includes determining who they see and spend time with. Absolutely. and And there's different rules. There's several statutes in California, uh, the laws that deal with it. But the base it comes down to this. If a grandparent has been actively involved with the life of a child in a positive way, and there's a pre-existing relationship, then in most likelihoods, the courts will perpetuate that relationship. On the flip side, if the parent, if the grandparent hasn't been involved with the child for a long period of time, if ever, then it's less likely that it's going to be granted because the child doesn't have a relationship in any form with the grandparent or the third person. So that's what it comes down to. There are specific rules when one parent has custody or if there's only one surviving parent. Uh, There was a great place uh, case out of Riverside County. I really liked it. Uh, The judge was uh, Mike McCoy, who was a colleague of mine in my early practice years. And uh, Judge McCoy made a finding that said, hey, there's a presumption that dad, the surviving parent, we would not allow grandparent visitation if dad didn't want it. But that presumption could be overcome. It could be rebutted. And so Judge McCoy basically literally looked at dad and said, hey, I hear you saying you don't want it. You don't want it. You don't want it. But would it be best for your kids? And dad candidly said, well, yeah. And Judge McCoy said, and the Court of Appeal agreed, you're done. Once, once everybody's in agreement that it's in the best interest of the kids, the presumption of your rights to control that is now subverted to the needs of the best interest of the children.
2: And I get a lot of questions that when people call and I have this analysis and I do it on the intake because believe it or not we actually get a lot of calls regarding this issue and people ask me Dane what what establishes or defines a pre-existing relationship do you have some guidelines for people of what of what you would need to show the court with that
0: sure and it's obviously it's different based upon the age of the child I mean you know holding a child you know uh, three four times a week during their infancy when they don't even know who you are did anybody dispute that that still has a bond i I don't think anybody could or would or should argue that that doesn't create a bond clearly when the child is more cognizant of what's going on and identities of who and they've named them mama or papa or whatever it is um i think my current nickname is papa right so so um, and and when once they've gotten to that stage um absolutely there's a relationship there's an identity And again, collateral issues. If the grandparent has been abusive, if the grandparent has been bad-mouthing or disparaging the parent or things like that, that's a whole different set of facts, a whole different chain of events. But the relationship part is just, hey, it comes back to this. Isn't it better for a child to have more people in their lives that love them and care for them and are a positive influence upon them? And the short answer of judges in the court and most people is yes.
1: So, Dane, can you tell our listeners if if someone does have a pre-existing relationship or they feel that they do and they feel that this is in the best interest of the child to have reasonable visitation with them, what do they do? What's the next step?
0: First step is you always reach out to the parent or parents. That's number one. Um, And if the parent declines for whatever reason, obviously, I'd look in the mirror and say, do I believe that the parent's concerns are valid? Can I meet the parent halfway? Can I... Assuage them rather than litigate. I mean, I'm not recommending people run to court. Um, but if you believe that the parent's information or position is misplaced, very similar to the case I described where dad was just saying, you know what, I don't like my ex wife's parents, so I'm saying no. Right. Okay? Then, yeah, then the next thing you do is you call a competent, experienced attorney in grandparents' rights. Please understand there are some bright line rules that the court will likely follow. And you need somebody who can tell you whether or not you fall inside or outside of those rules. By way of illustration, if you have an intact husband and wife that have children and both of them are still living together and they say no, then the answer is no. You're not even going to get through the courthouse door. Okay? Somebody that that tries to do that for you either doesn't know any better or has other reasons for doing it. But it ain't going to get you what you want. So it's very important to be able to talk to people who have done this regularly, know what the, where the boundaries are, know how to read a fact pattern, understand your relationship, and most importantly, once you get through the door, be able to advocate, not for your rights, but for the best interest of your grandchild.
1: And, and just to make sure everyone knows, Dane is talking exclusively about visitation. This isn't about a third party or grandparent asking for custody, legal or physical. This is reasonable visitation only.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the custody would fall into what's called a guardianship, which is technically under the probate court in California. And that's where a grandparent or a third party might take custody of a child for some reason, uh, a failure or, or deficiency or disability on the part of a parent.
2: Yeah, I was just saying that that would be a great next episode. You know, in the coming months, we'll have to have Dane back to talk about guardianships because we do get a lot of calls about that, and there is a lot of crossover between grandparents' rights and visitation as well as guardianship, and uh, that that's a it's a loaded topic too. So we'll have to save a whole segment for that. But I want I want to say that I love I love this topic because I can tell you that Sam and I and Dane have all collectively been able to help a lot of grandparents where there's been some issues. That it was clearly in the best interest of the child or children to maintain a pre existing relationship. And one of the questions I always ask as a grandparent are are you asking for a reasonable visitation schedule? If the child is 14 and you are asking for every weekend, I think you're gonna have some issues there. And so, like Dane said, you always wanna reach out to the parent first. And if they say no, maybe try to come up with another alternative. You know, instead of once a month, can I have two weeks during the summer? you know something that would be a reasonable continue the relationship but not infringe too much on the existing parents rights and also considering the age of the child yeah and I think we can all agree sometimes
1: you have to go to court and litigate these issues and they're tough issues but if you can avoid litigation especially on this issue it's something to, to seriously consider from a child centric standpoint kind of coming together and doing what's best for the child. And if you don't know or you think there's a safety concern with the parents, that might put you in a whole different realm or analysis and moving forward with a guardianship. And that's why you should, like Dane said before, call a competent attorney. Get all of your facts out. Talk to someone about it and, and see what your steps are.
2: And at the end of the day, the more love, the better. Kids need love. Kids need all the love they can get. So if you have a grandparent that wants to be part of your child's life. Make sure it happens. It's tough these days. There's a lot of limitations and well, not not as many sporting events as we're all used to, but you know, make it happen. Zoom, call, just I I can tell you that My dad next to me, Dane, dressed as Santa for Christmas because we all did our own individual Christmas on Zoom. My six-year-old caught it pretty quickly that, you know, Santa was wearing (laughs) flip-flops and she noticed Papa's glasses. But, you know, that little four-minute phone call made all the difference in my kid's day. So make the time, do it. All right, in summary, guys, I'm going to let Dane sum up grandparents' rights in 30 seconds for you.
0: If your focus is your grandchildren and you truly believe that it's the best for your grandchildren for you to be a part of their life and somebody's blocking your way, that's where you got to reach out and get help.
2: And really quick, I just want to remind you that our Custody Queens team is growing. So if you are interested, we are are growing from every level, from paralegal to attorney and everything in between. Please send your resume to Kristen at CustodyQueens.com and that's Kristen with an E. You can also check out our social media. My personal Instagram
1: is at Samantha McBride. Kristen's is at Kristen. You can also look at all of these episodes, this episode and any episode we've done, on custodyqueensonair.com if you guys have questions please head out to custodyqueens.com fill out an inquiry form for us or you can give us a call at 1-800- 419-7772. That's
2: 1-800-419-7772. And we will have a blog about grandparents' rights on custodyqueens.com. So if you missed any information from today or you would like to schedule a consult with Mr. Holstrom, myself, or my favorite blonde, Samantha McBride, you can call us at 1-800-419-7772 or you can go directly to our website and fill out a form. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had games in between. You can count on us with the custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us with the custody
0: queens. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.